welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Thank you. Hey, put your hands together for the musicians and singers. You can be seated. Praise God. Praise the Lord. What great days to be alive and serving God. Can I have an amen? Have a better amen? Praise the Lord. You know, uh, we live in exciting times. Is that right? Trying times. You know, anyway. In 1974, Cyclone Tracy hit my city. We were living in Darwin, pastoring in Darwin. We weren't pastoring at that stage. And uh, we'd been through some cyclones before, you know, a few palm trees blowing down and things like that, but nothing like we saw Christmas Eve 1974. And we'd only just moved into a new home, and uh, in the middle of the night, the roof's lifting and Jan's crying. She said, look, my curtains are being ruined. Next day, zip, no house. Blew away, gone with the wind. <laughs> and... Uh, at the height of the storm, we grabbed our four kids. Our house was being demolished. We had huge uh, hot water surfaces smashed through one wall. Uh, huge big beams speared down and stick in the floor. Uh, people were killed in my street. At the height of the storm, we grabbed our four kids and we're running across to the neighbor's house. All the power lines are down. I don't know if they're alive. I'm carrying my youngest daughter. If the power lines are alive, I'm dead. You know... Uh, Sometimes courage is not the absence of fear. If you've never had fear, you've either had a lobotomy or you're a liar. <laughs> I know what fear was. You know, Jen had a lot more faith than me. She's sure we're going to survive this. I thought we're going to die here for sure. But um, we run across to the neighbor's house, threw my kids under the table, and then there we were till 5 a.m. in the morning. Christmas Day, 1974, we walk out, no trees, no buildings, semi-trailers upside down, people killed in our street. And, oh, man, I was in shock. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes your head going, this is not really happening, this is a bad dream, and we'll come out of it. Uh, we don't even know if our business, so I had a fishing tackle shop, gun shop at this time, and I don't even know if it survived or not. Our house is gone. Uh, some dingling prophet come along and prophesied that God's going to send another one, a tidal wave this time, and finish us off. I don't think they were a prophet. I think they were more of a loss, more of a loss myself. Anyway, so, you know, we flew our kids out to Adelaide, and Jen and I, we were living in the wreckage of our, our shop, and eventually we get a place, and we're looking out. At, if you've been to Darwin, Francis Bay, looking out. I could see crocodiles from my balcony. And we're looking out, and it's a storm coming. If you've lived in the tropics, you know what a storm is. It's so black that you can reach out. It's, so, it's almost tangible you can touch it. Lightning bolts are striking the ground so powerfully it's shaking the whole house. And I'm just uh, still in shock at this stage, and I'm looking at this storm coming, and I look down and here's all these birds, and they're flying in panic. You know, fear, panic. They're, they're, they're flying low to the water to get away from it. 
And I'm just watching this. They're squawking and carrying on. But I just happened to look up. And here's this magnificent sea eagle. He's flying in the opposite direction. He's got these wings, these magnificent wings. And he's locking them. And he would hit the storm front. And he would use the storm front to lift him up. It would just catapult him up. All the other birds are bolting in fear and panic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm looking at this magnificent, this magnificent bird, this eagle. I just felt a kindred spirit. And as I'm looking up there, that this bird's just, you know, just overcoming the power of the storm. And it's not even flapping. You know, just using his wings to soar over it. And I hear this voice inside of me say, that's how you need to live your life. Now, you can run with every, all the others and squawk in fear and panic, or you can use your wings of grace and faith and just lift you over the storm. Can I have an amen? I, I've never forgotten it. I have never forgotten that. Sometimes you're going through it. We're going through a storm right now, possibly the, the biggest storm in many of our lives right now. But I've never forgotten that. In Proverbs chapter 30, Verse 18, it says, there are three things which are too wonderful for me. He says, no, wait a minute, there's actually four. Four things I don't understand, he says. The way of an eagle in the air is the first one that he mentions. Man, I just want to talk to you because eagles are aerodynamic marvels. No bird understands the power of flight like an eagle does. And uh, this is a visual generation. Uh, if you're going into schools or things like that, you better have something visual. So I wanted to show you a little DVD clip to get an idea of these magnificent birds. Can you, can you run that for me? spectacular terrain in which I'm standing is the domain of one of the most fascinating creatures on earth, the eagle. Reigning as king of the skies, this magnificent bird inspires even the most dispassionate of individuals who are exposed to its majesty. My name's Cole Stringer and I invite you to join me on a glorious journey into the realm of the eagle. My fascination with this incredible bird, the eagle, is not a recent thing. As a matter of fact, I spent a number of years in outback Australia as a wildlife photographer. And during that time, it gave me the opportunity to do an extensive study on the bird. Okay, that's enough. Thank you. <coughs> if you want to see any more, you have to buy it. <coughs> My mother didn't raise any idiots. So <laughs> There's something special about eagles. Every culture on the face of the earth recognises there's something spectacular about the eagle. Even God likens himself to an eagle. 
lift you up on wings. I love that song, if you, it'll date me, Joe Cocker a few years back. Lord, lift us up where we belong, where the eagles fly on mountains high. Not scratch around with the chooks and the turkeys. I feel the love's going to come now. You know, there's something about the, uh, an eagle. And, uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, if you've got your Bibles there, in Isaiah chapter 40, he writes in verse 28, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is he weary? His understanding is unsearchable. How many of you know that this pandemic never took God by surprise? He's the God that created the universe. Think about this. He goes, whoops, I never saw that coming. And you know, and so I, 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 this is just me, but just trusting in the grace of God. Is that right or not? Not panicking and bolting like those other birds, but just trusting in that grace and that faith. As you saw over the storms, he says in verse 29, he gives power to the weak. And though has, have no might, he increases strength. Isn't that awesome? Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Remember when some of you, when you were young and thought we were bulletproof? The longer I'm in ministry, the more I realize I need the grace of God. I, I, you may be smarter, I don't know, but I, I, need the, I need all the grace that I can get. Remember Paul just wrote 40% of the New Testament, is that right? He says, when I'm weak in my own estimation, then I'm strong in God. He goes on to say, even the youth shall faint be weary, and the young men will utterly fall, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings, not flap up like a crow. Mount up, it says, with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. And they'll walk and they'll not faint. I love that. So it hinges on the word wait. What does wait mean? You know, in the English, we think wait means do nothing. Well, if it means do nothing, what do you need your strength renewed for? You're done, zip. It's actually talking about plaiting together. It's a Hebrew word, quaver. It means that you take single strands and you plait them. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Take different strands and you plait them together so closely entwined with the Holy Spirit that there's an exchange made, your weakness for his strength, your sickness for his health, our stupidity for his wisdom. I, I love that. Effortless. Think about that. The effortlessness says mount up. It doesn't say flap up. You know, if you any people here that like into horses, you don't carry the horse, the horse carries you. Mount up. You know, it's interesting that, as I say, no bird understands the power of flight like an eagle. On the end of their wings, they have little things like fingers that can read the wind currents and thermals and things like that. It, 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 and I'm sure we get it here, probably up in your glasshouse mountains, you get wedge tails and things like that. But when we lived in the territory, we'd go out and watch the eagles. In the early hours of the morning, before the ground temperature begins to warm, warm air rises. And so the eagles would just sit back and they'd watch. It's hard to fly. The, the air is thin. So it's the flappers of the bird kingdom. Hello, the galahs, the crows. <laughs> Away you go flapping. And the eagles would just sit back. Look at these idiots, you know. But about 9 o'clock, the ground temperature begins to warm. The warm air begins to rise. Pilots know what I'm talking about. And the eagle would just set his magnificent seven-foot wingspan and he would mount the wind and away he'd go 1,000, 2, 3, 4, 10,000 feet riding on the very breath of God. Same word for wind, the same word for spirit. Numer in Greek, 
ruach in Hebrew. Understanding, is that right or not? At the end of the day, he'd fly 100 miles and come back and just land. Haven't even raised a sweat. And we'd look over the crows. <laughs> Been flapping all day. And the risk of offending some people, there's no shortage of crows in the church. We think all you've got to do is try a bit harder, make something happen, manipulate. Whatever it takes, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's certainly not by our brilliant intellects, it's by my spirit. Jesus didn't say follow Christians, he said follow me. Is that right or not? Just the simplicity of the word of God. I, I love that. Mount up. There is no bird, no flapping. No bird understands the power of flight like an eagle. They ride the very breath of God. I love it. Just think, you know, in any church service, there are movings of the Holy Spirit. Pastors know what I'm talking about. Musicians know what I'm talking about. There's thermal currents of the Spirit of God. Sometimes you get your message, you get it all. I've spent weeks on this, get up, and the Spirit of God said, I don't want you to preach that. Well, you could have told me a week ago, no, you needed it. They don't, you need that. Uh, some years ago, I was blessed to speak at Kenneth Copeland's International Ministers Conference, and I get up, I got my message ready, and I get up, and the Spirit of God says, I don't want you to preach that. I said, well, I'm standing out here like a galah on a rock. What am I going to preach? He told me to preach on the light horse, the charge at Beersheba. I, I've learned enough now just to throw your notes away and go with the Holy Ghost. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and I don't mean to be rude, but sometimes you've got great praise and worship, but you go some places, they might be professional, but got zip anointing. You know, the Spirit of God wants to move in quiet, reverential. ding a da dang cling a dang cling 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 Bang, shot the Holy Spirit right in the head. Bang, dead. Killed him on the spot. Thick as a brick. Or maybe God does want to, you know, uh, 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 go in, enjoy for, and they'll get up and play a. a duh, 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 duh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and, and it's amazing to me. The longer I'm in this, it's just listening to the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature children of God. You know, we live in an age, and I, I don't, I'm not saying there's not a place for. I'm not saying that. But New Testament, we're not led by prophets. We're led by the inner witness. The spirit of truth resides within you, will lead you and guide you and show you things to come. Can I have an amen or what? As many as are led by the... That yes, is a place for prophets to give you confirmation to what he's already talking to you about. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't register, if it doesn't confirm, just put it aside. It may come later. You know, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the flesh yourself. I'm going to tell this person, is that right? And you leave off God and now you're going to give him a piece of your mind. I said one time, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. My wife said, you don't have enough to spare. I'm, anyway, it's moving right along. I, I just love the message of grace. This is me. The longer I'm in this, the more I realise that I need the grace of God. Dear God, I can't make it. I can't make it without your grace. You know, I'm, right now I'm studying John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. They called him the eagle. I love this man. I, I love him. Think about this. He describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, wouldn't that tick off the other disciples? Imagine pastor gets up, I'm the one that God loves here. 
So the inferring inference is, doesn't he love everybody else? Hey, God loves everybody. Is that right? If you're born again, he loves you the same as he loves Jesus himself. Think about that. But John's the only one that has a revelation of grace. He's, see, if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that's called the Synoptic Gospels. It means similar. And they're written within 18 months of Jesus' death. John's Gospel is written at the end of his life, 65, 60 to 65 years later. And he writes, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He's the only one that writes that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Peter. Is that right? If anybody's in the flesh, it's Peter. And he's got his foot in his mouth half the time. Remember, he says, oh, you can rely on the big fisherman. I'll be here to the end. Yeah, you're the first to quit. Is that too deep? Ever said some things you wish you'd never said? Remember, Peter, he said, I can assure you, Jesus said, before the night's over, you'll deny me. Do you even knew me three times? John is the only man that remains at the cross. The others have all gone. Jesus is so impressed, he commits his mother into John's care. Is that right or not? From now on. Think about that. He's the last at the cross. He's the first to the tomb. It says that they run. Peter and John run to the tomb. But John outrun Peter. Well, does that mean he's a faster runner? Who gives a rip? It means he... This is me, the motivation of his heart. Remember when Jesus appeared to them and they were out fishing? It's John that he says it's the Lord. And he goes, oh, dives in. But John recognizes him first. At the Last Supper, Leonardo da Vinci's there, is that right, painting? That was a bit loose. Where's John? John has his head on Jesus' breast. Peter is at the other end of the table. He's in the flesh, full of himself. John is the only one that hears the heartbeat of God. Peter says, he doesn't ask Jesus when Jesus said someone, is that right, is going to betray me. Peter asked John, who is it? Because John is hearing the heartbeat of God. Listen to me. The only disciple who doesn't die a martyr's death is John. All the others, is that right or not? They tried to kill the man, if you know history. They took him to the Roman Colosseum and tried to boil him alive in oil and couldn't kill him. He preached Jesus to them. So they banished him to Patmos Island. Now, he didn't die. He goes back to Ephesus and historians say probably lived to be 100 years of age. And at the end of his life, he writes the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John. And he writes in 1 John chapter 3, verse 7, he says this, if you don't know love, you really don't even know God. What? If you don't know love, he says, you really don't even know God. John's an old man. He comes back to the synagogue and they say, he's the, see, he, writes in, he writes to the Gnostics who says Jesus never come in the flesh. He says anyone that doesn't, Confess Jesus came in the flesh, he's not a believer. He writes to the Gnostics, and that's what he writes. He says, if you don't know love, you don't even know God because God is love. doesn't say has love, he says he is love. Doesn't that give you some confidence in these last days? Hello, in the storms of life? Think about that. Man, the more I read this, I, I love that. 
he appears at the, at, the gospel, at, the, at the synagogue at the end of his life. And so they say, John, John, come up and, and share with us. Because he was there. He wrote, he says, I, was a, I, I, I handled. Is that right? I, I touched him. I handled the word of life. John, come up and speak to us. And what does he get? A three-hour message. He comes up and he says three words. Love one another. Is that right? There's not ten commandments. There's eleven commandments. John writes, a new commandment I give to you. Can I have an amen? That you what? Love one another as I have loved you. There is more red letters in the gospel of John than any other gospel. Who's the, he's the only one that records Jesus in the garden. Remember, Jesus says to Peter, and, hey, couldn't you stay awake? Only John stays awake and records that. So what would take a man, John always, wasn't always the disciple whom Jesus loved, wasn't always this one. He was actually one of the sons of thunder. Remember? He says, what's going on there? He says, let's call fire down on them, Jesus. Jesus said, you don't even know what spirit that you're of. So it goes from the sons of thunder to the only man that hears the heartbeat of God. How could you do that? It's called grace. It's called the grace of God the goodness of God, the favour of God. Whenever I'm going through a tough time, listen to me, I, I, I refuse to live my life in panic and in fear. I just refuse to do that. Hey, because I trust the grace of God. Can I have an amen? The goodness of God. Think about just for a few moments. No bird understands the power of flight. like any, I, I love that. You know, the more I study eagles and Oz. Man, I put a lot of time studying in there. There's so much in Scripture. Eagles have two sets of eyelids. I don't know if you know this or not. They actually have a second set of eyelids, which is called a translucent membrane. And when they dive and when they're attacking, when they're going through a storm, they drop a second set of eyelids over them that protects their eyes. Translucent membrane, it's called. You and I have two sets of eyes, the natural and the spiritual. Can I have an amen? Remember Gehazi, Elijah, Elisha? Remember the, the Elisha, the prophet? You know, the king of Syria is coming and Elisha prays in the Holy Ghost and he sees that the king of Syria is going to plant ambushes for Israel. So he warns the king of Israel and eventually the king of Syria says, we've got a spy in the camp. They said, no, there's a prophet that knows exactly what you're doing, knows what's going on in your bedchamber. Well, he didn't know that. And so they send an army that surrounds the city of Dothan. Remember the story? And so what happens? They wake up one morning and, Eli and Gehazi goes out. He says, whoa, and he comes back. The army of the Syrians, the army, they're surrounding us. <laughs> Elisha doesn't even get up. He says, there's more of them with us than them out there. Gehazi, the forest gump of the ministry, <laughs> thick as a brick. He goes back and 1,000, 2, 2, 4, 15,000 comes back, 1, 2. Can't you add up? You must have gone to night school. You can't add up in the daytime. Elisha says, is that right? Open his eyes. So what he saw was what scared him to death. He says, no, open his spiritual eyes. And immediately, is that right or not? He gets to look into the realm of the spirit and he sees chariots of fire. The fact that he saw those didn't create those. They were there all the time. And, and, you know, listen to me. Let me encourage you. 
in spiritual things, usually the majority are wrong, not right. It's the majority that wanted to crucify Christ. And I just find in this last day and age, we need to learn to hear God for ourselves, to be led of the Spirit of God. I don't want to be just led off by every whatever's going on. I don't want to be one of those seagulls or, or crows and glass that flying and bolting to get away in panic. I don't want to be one of those eagles, man. Let's use, use those wings of grace and faith just to lift up over the storms of life. Courage. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. One of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no bird with the boldness of an eagle. You know, in Revelation, if you go to Revelation with me quickly, I'll pick it up here. I wrote it down somewhere here. Revelation, Revelation chapter 4, I think it is. Anyway, I meant to write it down. How many of you believe the Bible? How many of you believe the Word of God? In Revelation chapter 4, it's talking about the throne room of heaven. He begins to describe what he sees. Verse 4, around the throne, he says, with 24 thrones on throne, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. They had crowns of gold on their heads. In verse 6, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. In the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. Why a lion? A lion is king of the wild beasts. The second, he says, living creature like a calf, more tra better translation, ox. Why an ox? An ox is a king of the domestic beasts. The, the third, he goes on, had a face like a man. Why? Man is supposed to be ruler of the earth. He says, but the fourth was like a flying eagle because eagle is the king of the sky. Years ago when we lived in the Northern Territory, used to go into Arnhem Land, got a skin name, adopted into a tribe. And what you'll find is that many of the ancient civilizations revere eagles. North American Indians, you could have a feather for boldness. The Greeks marched under eagle banners. The Romans marched under eagle banners. Napoleon, Hitler, every, you'll find, ancient culture. So there was something special about the eagle. And so the some of the Aboriginal boys would use the eagle as their totem. And the story goes that many years ago, they wanted to get some eagle feathers. They go out, they find an eagle's nest, they climb up into the nest, and not only do they find eagles, but they find some eagle eggs. And so they take the eggs back, they want to hatch these eggs out, and they'll use the birds as a totem. You know, a, 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 a man, man, mascot for their tribe. So how are they going to hatch them out? So they find a chook and they stuff them under the chook. The chook's stupid. They don't know any different. So their eggs hatch out. How many of you know the eagle, one of these birds, is not like the other? Is that right or not? I mean, they're huge compared to a chicken. You know, imagine them. They've got these huge beaks and great talons, magnificent wings, but they're, they're clumsy on the ground. They're not designed for living on the ground. They're designed for the high places of the earth. Deuteronomy says that we were designed for the high places of the earth. And so the eagle begins to grow and develop, but he doesn't know he's an eagle. He thinks he's a chook. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. doesn't matter how I see you, it's how you see yourself. And if you see yourself as a loser or sick or whatever, as you see yourself, that's what's good. It's the blueprint for your life, as a man thinketh in his heart. That's why it's so important to speak positively over your kids and your grandkids. 
That's why Jewish fathers speak blessings. They don't think they're speaking nice words. They believe they're actually empowering their children to succeed, speaking blessings over them. And so this eagle grows up and he thinks he's a chook scratching around in the dirt and the muck and, and, and the grubs and the filth and the dust, the maggots. And one day this huge shadow comes over and he looks up and he says, whoa, sees this magnificent wedge-tailed eagle with seven-foot wingspan. He looks up and he goes, whoa, what is that? Is that a bird? Is it a plane? Is it super chook? What is this thing? And the mum runs out and says, that's one of those crazy birds, those faith birds, the eagles that actually think we're designed to fly. We were never designed to fly. We know, us chooks know, we're fat and stupid. Is that right, little stumpy wings? We were designed to scratch around in the earth. And so the eagle, uh, you know, spreads his wings a little bit and the, 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 the thermal current gets under and lifts him. And so the mother pulls him down again. No, this is where you belong. This is where you've got to stay. And so weeks go by, months go by, and the eagle keeps coming over. He says, mate, look at yourself. Look, he says, those wings were never designed to, to be on the earth. Look, look at those magnificent talons. They're, they're for seizing prey. They're not for scratching grubs and maggots out of the dirt. Look at that magnificent beak. He says, you were never designed to live here on the earth. You're designed for the high places. But every time he begins to lift and begin to rise, the mum pulls those tail feathers down. How many of you know the world, the devil, and sometimes people around us have a way of pulling us back down? Can I have an Amen. You really believe you can be healed? Do you really believe what pastor was sharing this morning, that God wants to prosper you? Pull, pull. One pastor wrote to me, he said, you will never understand how significant those words were that you spoke. He says, every time I've just begun to rise and someone would come along and pull me down. Wouldn't it be wonderful? That, you know, there's two scenarios to that baby eagle. He could have eventually, is that right, shaken off the dust and the dirt and he could have taken off those wings. Eagles have to be taught how to fly. They're not, not a natural thing. Sometimes they have to be pushed out of the nest before they understand the power. And the mother eagle would stand over the, over the nest and she would sit there or she would just fly, flap those wings. And so the baby got an understanding. That's what the wings are supposed to do. It begins to soar, begins to lift. Wouldn't it be wonderful to think that eventually that eagle started to soar? Or... He could have stayed a big chook for the rest of his life. And we're not talking about birds. We're talking about you and me. Can I have an amen? How many times, maybe when you've been growing up and your parents didn't know any better, speak a curse over your life. I remember when we, we passed in the United States for a few years. I remember one young man was in, in prison. Actually, a, a, this pastor was sharing. He says, you know, he said, I never thought I could make it. He said, but my father kept speaking positively over me. Come on, you're designed. You're destined for great things in God. And now he pastors one of the largest churches in the United States. Had never preached before his dad died of a heart attack. And just stepped in and now one of the jollest things. He says, I am what I am because of what my father spoke of. And one young man in the auditorium stood up and said, and so am I. I spent most of my life in jail. Because that's what my dad told me I would end up. As a man thinketh in his heart. So look at these awesome young people here. 
If I just had one word, listen to me. Listen to the voice of God. Learn to hear God for yourself. You'll always hear that voice saying, come on, you can make this. You can do this. You can run like all the others and flap and squawk and panic and fear, or you can change direction and fly straight into that storm front. Spread your wings of grace and faith and just let them. You don't even have to flap. You don't even have to try. When you hit that storm front, that grace will just lift you over the storm clouds of life. We've just had a couple of wonderful answers to prayer for our own family. My son had a heart attack. He's only in his 50s, bodybuilder, weightlifter, you know, and that, and he was supposed to go on uh, his job. He's supposed to have the jab, and he didn't want to have it. And so, you know, he goes to see the doctor. The doctor's not there. We're praying. We're believing the grace of God, the goodness of God, and we're saying, come on, God's got this. And how, how, how? Goes to see his doctor, his doctor's not there, but the doctor that happens to be there is the one that saved his life in the gym when he had his heart attack. Young man, bodybuilder, weightlifter. So they've got a lot in common. And Shane's just talking to him. He says, you know, I'm supposed to have the jab. I don't want to have the jab. I'd like to wait for that. What's the other one called? Uh, Novavax or something. Got a lot less side effects. And the doc said, I'll just write your letter. Just like that. No flapping. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They've been trying to sell their apartment up in Darwin. They couldn't even get an offer on it, you know, and all of a sudden we started praying. I'm talking about the grace of God, the goodness of God. They get a phone call and it's sold within a couple of days for the price they want. Now, you can flap all you like and squawk all you like and manipulate and jump on the chairs and throw water and anything else all in the flesh. Or listen to me, you can hear the voice of God, the grace of God, and you just feel, is that right? You all know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden I'm down, but I just feel that grace, that favour, just starting to lift. I've sped those wings and away I go. It's called riders of the storm. You and I are both in a storm right now. But I believe with all my heart, God will bring us through this. He'll bring us through, can I have an amen or what? No, it won't be the politicians or anybody else. It won't be, you know, even other Christians, you know, let's do this or let's do that. Or let's. Can I just share one quick thing? The difference between John and Peter. Peter represents the church, foot in his mouth half the time. John means grace. How many know every time you see in Scripture, Peter, James, and John, it's in that order. It's always Peter, James, is that right or not? Hello, Pastor. Peter means stone, representing the Lord. James is the derivative of Jacob. It's a planter. Hello? But John means grace. And grace is replacing Lord. Always in that order. Now, I don't know where, and I'm, it's not my place, that, but this is just what I'm getting out of this whole message as I'm studying John. How many of you know Jesus? They come to arrest Jesus. They come to take him the handcuffs. They come to take away his freedom. Is that right or not? How does he respond? He doesn't jump up and punch him in the face. Or do... Peter, is that right, in the flesh, jumps up and takes a man's ear off, signifying we have just lost communication with the world. Can I have an amen? 
I believe in this day and age we need to maintain communication. Our mayor on the Gold Coast is born again spirit-filled. Can I have an amen or what? So what does Jesus do? I need to follow What does he do? He takes the ear and replaces it, signifying opening again communication between the church and the authorities. Now, you may not like it. I don't like it sometimes myself. But, man, I... I'm learning. I need all the grace that I can get. Are you going to stay a big chook scratching around the dirt? You know, it's hard to soar with eagles when you scratch around with the turkeys. Are you going to let that spirit that's inside of you just lift you as you, as you spread those wings of grace and faith? Effortless. That's what I love about grace. It's effortless. Unearned favour. Can I have an amen? Unearned favour. Remember Paul? Paul wrote almost half the New Testament. He comes to God and he asks God, is that right? God doesn't say no. He says what? He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Is that right? No matter what the circumstances of life are, my grace is sufficient. And what does Paul say? Therefore, I'll glorify God in my weakness, my inability to produce results in the flesh. For when I'm weak in my own estimation, then I'm strong in God. Man, I, I don't know about you, but I love that. One last scripture. We need to close. Go to Ephesians with me if you would real quickly. How many of you do believe scripture? Believe the word of God? Man, the more that I, I study this, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm really studying John at the moment. I'm getting so much out of John. Ephesians, Ephesians. Where's Ephesians? Ephesians uh, chapter, chapter, chapter 1. Let's read here from verse 17. He says here, <clears throat> I'm in the wrong passage again. Just give me a minute because I've only got one hand to turn the pages. Ephesians. Verse 17, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. What we desperately need in these days is wisdom. That the eyes of your understanding, what? Being lightened that you may know the hope of what is calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance of saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Listen to me and we'll close. Everything you'll ever need for success in life has already been paid for you. Everything that you will ever need in this life was paid for on the cross. Healing is an already established. Is that right? Provision, protection. No, it's not something that's coming. It's already yours. And what does Paul write? Open their eyes of their understanding. That they might, is that right or not? Enlighten them. That they might know the hope of their call. You know, I love this. I go to God and I used to, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? Spirit of God started to show me. It's already done. It's already paid for. All I need to do, listen to me, is spread those wings of grace and faith. Grace is what God has done for you. Faith is merely reaching out and accepting what's already yours. Not striving, not stressing, not pushing, not shoving. Faith is a rest, Hebrew says. There is a rest for the people of God. And when I watched those eagles, when I'd lost my house, maybe lost my business, People are saying they're not going to rebuild the city of Darwin. It's finished. 
And I'm standing out there that day, which I'll never forget. And I'm watching birds, lesser birds, panic-filled and, and terrorised. And I look up and here's this one bird, magnificent eagle, that's flying in the opposite direction. We'd lock those magnificent wings. And he would hit that storm front and we'd just lift him. I could hear him. He's having the time of his life. He's like riding the roller coaster. The others are bolting. He's having the time of his life. And I hear the voice of God say to me, that's how you need to live your life. That's how you need to live your life. Father, I just thank you for my brothers, my sisters, the homes, the families that are represented here this morning. We don't make light of the, of the storm that opposes us now that many of us are experiencing in our lives. But we're just so grateful that you are the answer. You don't have it. You are the answer. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by your spirit. I speak a blessing over the homes, the families, the marriages that are represented here. I call you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Whatever you turn your hands to shall prosper and succeed. The enemy shall no longer find opportunities to come into your homes and families and rob and kill and destroy and terrorize. So while your head's about and nobody's looking around, is there anyone here this morning who would say, please, Pastor, would you pray for me? Is there anyone here that's never accepted Jesus as your Lord, not asking you to join a church, I'm asking you to pass from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Is there anyone say, I'm tired of trying to make this happen myself. I'm a self-made man. Well, how's that working for you now? Is there anyone, just pop your hand up. I won't embarrass anybody. I won't drag you down the front. I'll just pray for you right where you're sitting. Is there anyone at all? Just slip your hand up and say, please, pastor, pray for me. I'm tired of being a seagull. I want to be an eagle. I see one hand. Anybody else? Please, please don't be looking around. This is just between you and God. On that day when you stand before God, there won't be anybody else. It'll be just you and him. So one last time, I believe that there is a man here, somewhere here that you just want. I see that hand right now. Can I get you to stand up? Come on. Would you all quickly stand up with me? Come on. Just be obedient. Don't be rebellious. Just stand up. You can do it. You pay money to go to the gym. Close your eyes and would you say this? Say, I believe. Not convince me. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me, paid the price to redeem me from the curse of the Lord, of sin and sickness, of fear and poverty. You paid the price for me. I ask you now, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Saviour. And based on your word, because you never lie, I believe the Holy Spirit comes into my heart and causes me to be born again. A child of God, made in the image of God. Thank you, Jesus. You're my Lord. You're my saviour. You are the answer to my life. Would you give the Lord a clap offering? Hey, praise God.